Hi, and welcome to Resurrection Church, where Dr. Joseph G. Matera is the senior pastor and presiding bishop. We are committed to serving our community and the community abroad. We pray that the word you are about to hear will be a blessing to your life and that you allow the Holy Spirit to open your heart and receive what the Lord is speaking to you. How many of you love Jesus in the house today? There we go. How many of you ready to see some walls come down? How many of you are ready to encounter the presence of a living God? And how many of you are ready to hear this white boy talk? There we go. All right, I just had to throw that in there because, you know, why not? Hey, good morning. I have seriously had uh, one, two, three, four, five cups of coffee, including an Americano from Libre Cafe right across. And hey, also want to welcome everyone who is joining us online today. Thank you guys so much. Wherever you are streaming from or watching from, we are genuinely honored that you would be with us today. Hey, we are in part five now of a series that we've called Homecoming, where we are studying through the book of Joshua. And and I love this book, and I love what God has really just been teaching me and challenging me um, with this entire series. And and so we started out with chapter one being strong and courageous. Chapter two, we looked at the two spies and Rahab, the prostitute. And then we looked at chapters three and four, which was the epic crossing of the Jordan River, crossing from what was into what God has for us. And then last week, our very own Carissa Matera, y'all give it up for her. She was talking about a new nation and and just setting our hearts before the Lord. And Chrissy, you did a great job. And today I am excited because we get to talk about the epic siege of Jericho, the epic siege of Jericho and how this two, three, four thousand, three thousand years later relates to our life. And so if you got your scripture, I want to invite you to turn with me to Joshua chapter six. Why are you doing that? I just want to kind of set the stage up just a little bit. See, Jericho was what they called a fortified city, meaning in the promised land, in the Canaan region, it was the first uh, major city that you would go to. And it was known as a fortress. The walls were anywhere between 40 and 80 feet tall. And inside the walls, they would house hundreds and really thousands of people. And there was actually really two layers of walls. There was an outside layer and then a little space for battle and stuff and then an inside layer of the walls. And so this this city, the fortress of Jericho, was a strong, powerful fortress that was designed to withstand any attacks from enemies being able to come in as well as have plenty of rations in there to be able to feed the entire city for a prolonged period period in the event that there was a siege. Now, here you've got Joshua leading the Israelites. Uh, They've just come into the promised land. They've consecrated themselves before the Lord. They remembered, they repented, they replaced, and they recommitted their hearts to God. That's what Carissa talked about last week. And now they're coming up to their first battle, their first big wall or difficulty or challenge that they would face. And it is the fortress of Jericho. And so I could just imagine the men and the women just walking up and seeing this battle that's about to take fold, this battle that's about to be before them. How many of you guys have ever faced some battles? All right, altar call right now for everyone who did not lift your hand. Conviction, because y'all lying. All right, so 
Here's what I love about Jesus, and here's what I love about the Bible, all right? Um, we planned out this series several months ago. Like, we've been working on this for a while. We've been reading commentaries. We've been praying um, and, and, and typing up and swapping ideas and stuff. This message right here, I have been personally excited about for, like, ever. For, like, ever. Not only was I excited about it, I didn't realize that I personally would have to be walking through my own challenges and my own walls that were in front of me, which I'm going to get to in, in just a minute. But many of us, we face different walls in our life. We, we face financial walls, like things are going great, and then, hello, the stock market starts to crash, right? And, and we're freaking out because our, our 401k or because our TerraCoin is now just completely disappeared. Some of y'all are like, uh, I lost some money. Um, if you don't know what TerraCoin is, it's, you should invest into PhilCoin, all right? It's cryptocurrency. Just throwing that out there. Um, some of us are experiencing uh, family challenges. We, we've got tension happening in our family. We're battling back and forth. We're going, and, and, and she's mad at him, and he's angry with her over here, and we're facing these walls. Some of us, it's marriage walls, you see, God designed for there to be a marriage bed, and you built a marriage wall between you and your spouse. And, and, and you just like, you know, she upsets you, so you just keep stacking bricks on top of that wall. Or, or he got mad at you and disrespected you, and so you're not going to forgive him, so you just keep stacking bricks on the wall of marriage. Some of you guys, you face a mental wall. Your own self-doubt, your own insecurities, your own uh, issues that you're challenging with right here, and you start building a mental wall. Can we say that in America as a whole, coming out of the pandemic, um, we are seeing the effects of lockdowns, and we are seeing the effects of what's happened to our kids in schools, and, and having to, to, to teach remotely and work, like we're seeing the mental effects like, and, and these are walls that are, that are being built up. And even within churches, we've got our own walls. Well, no, we don't. We're supposed to love everyone. Well, why do we have Lutheran and Baptist and Presbyterian and Pentecostal and Charismatic and Methodist and Pentecostal? Pentecost, I already said Pentecostal, and American Baptist Church, and Southern Baptist Church, and Northwest Baptist Church, and, and you've got, what's happening is, is people started arguing over the minor things, and they forgot about the major things, and they started, you know, oh, you speak in tongues, oh my gosh, you're demonic, um, so we're going to build a wall and not talk to you, and oh, you guys don't speak in tongues, you're not saved, so we're going to build a wall to you, and oh, you guys wear dresses, and oh, you guys over here, y'all wear shorts. And, and skinny jeans and, and we've created these divides in the church and these walls in the church and man I'm here to tell you God is not about building walls God is about destroying walls and putting a playing field a level playing field for the body of Christ since the pandemic has started coming down, there are more and more people coming to church. Praise God. I am excited about it. And if you are new here today, I promise you I'm not going to yell the whole time. I'm going to yell the whole time, all right? I'll try to... Y'all bear with me. It's the caffeine, okay? But the number one reason people are coming to church again, do you know why? Because they're in crisis, because they're in crisis. There are people this morning that you walked into church because you got bad news this past week and you're in a crisis mode. 
There are people right now who you're experiencing a crisis in your family and you've gone to the psychiatrist and the therapist and you've talked to your friends and you've Googled and you've gone to WebMD and the family's just going crazy and you don't know what's going on. And so your last ditch effort was to turn to God and you're in crisis mode today. I'm here to tell you, if you're here in crisis mode, I've been there and I am there right with you. And I'm here to tell you that there's a God who wants to take your crisis and he wants to destroy the walls of crisis around you. There are three obstacles that we face as people. Three obstacles, three walls, three challenges. One is the first obstacle of the world. Culture that is saying you've got to be this way or you've got to do that or you've got to think just like me. And if not, they're going to put obstacles in front of you. The, the second is the flesh, your own self. Like, like sometimes we blame Satan for us stubbing our toe and really you just weren't paying attention and you stubbed your toe. Let me go here just for a second. Sometimes we blame Satan for our financial woes or our financial debt that we've gotten into and Satan had nothing to do with it. You just had a shoe problem and you kept buying really expensive shoes instead of going to Primark where you can get them really cheap. That is my advertisement for Primark, which you should all go and buy clothes at Primark, okay? So one is the first wall or the first obstacle we may face is going to be the world. The second one is going to end up being our own flesh, our own dumb decisions. And then the third one is the devil. And the devil, man, especially if you're a Christian in this house today, the devil wants to destroy you. The devil wants to destroy you. And this is why I love Joshua, because we're about to see all of this pan out. I want to give you guys three points today that will hopefully help us to believe and to see the walls come tearing down. So you guys ready? Joshua chapter six, and I'm going to read it all today. Um, we're, We're going to read verses one through 16 and then verse 20. Now Joshua was shut up inside and outside, I'm sorry, now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. Verse five. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, you shall hear the sound of the trumpets. Then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the walls of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, as in he did have parents, okay? I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Ark of the Lord, verse seven. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. 
And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets of the ark with the covenant of the Lord following them. Verse 9, then the, the armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and in the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually. Verse 10, but Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go from your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, and then you shall shout. So he calls the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about it. And they came into the camp and they spent the night in the camp. Verse 12, then Joshua early in the morning, because he's an early riser, and we see that all throughout the book of Joshua. The priests took up the ark of the Lord and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horn before the Lord walked on and they blew the trumpets continuously and the armed men were walking before them and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord while the trumpet blew continually and on the second day they marched, jump with me to verse 15, on the seventh day they rose early at the day of dawn and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, say that with me, shout. shout. Say it like you mean it, shout. shout. There we go, someone's gonna be shouting in a minute. For the Lord has given you the city, verse 20. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpets, the people shouted a great shout and the walls fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. They captured the city. Have you found yourself needing a miracle from God? Have you found yourself facing walls directly in front of you that you need God to move? You need God to lay down straight. You need God to completely eradicate and destroy. Now we're sitting here, we're, we're reading this and we're, we're just like, okay, this is a cool like fairy tale story. But again, I shared this a few weeks ago. We know from archeological evidence that they have, have excavated the actual walls that ended up falling in Jericho. And, and we, they saw that all of the walls had fallen except for on the north, I'm sorry, the, yeah, it was the north gate, which is where Rahab's house was. And that was the only spot that did not fall. And so we know that this isn't just a story tell. We we know that this isn't a fairy tale. We know that this isn't rumors that were passed down from generation to generation, but scientifically and archeolog archeologists have confirmed that this story ended up happening, which I love whenever science catches up to the Bible. Just throwing that out there. Just, I just love that. And so we, we see that, but, but what is it that's in front of you? What is it that's in front of you? Because I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get very honest with you guys today. I've had a rough two weeks. Anyone? I've had a rough two weeks and I've faced some challenges the past two weeks. See, I, I wanna share a little bit about the, the situation that I've been dealing with in Albany concerning the building. You guys know we purchased the building, it's been renovated, we're like six to eight weeks away from it being open. Um, and in the, the middle of all of that, um, I just had to believe God, keep believing God, keep believing God. You know, we've been nomadic forever and, and here we've got a home and we've been praying for it, we've been believing for it and God has provided um, way after way after way. But what happened was inflation hit. What happened was the bills started going up 
And, and what our $550,000 renovation budget was doubled to almost a one point, I think it was $1.3 million is kind of where we're sitting at right now, renovation budget. Could you just imagine that just for a second? I want you to think about that. Sitting there like, oh, I'm going to buy this house. You buy this house and you're thinking you're going to pay one thing and they're like, no, it's going to be double. Have you ever been through that? It's not fun. Or you owe a debt and then the debt collector comes and says, hey, it's, it's going to be double what you expected. And so what did we do? We went back to the lender. We ended up asking for more money. Um, and whenever we asked for more money, I thought it was interesting because whenever we first went through this several years ago with the rented space, the Lord told me, if you can't trust me with 10,000, how are you ever going to trust me with a million? And I was freaking out over 10,000. Well, after it's all said and done, the exact amount of money that we are financing is a million dollars. And I'm just like, okay, God, so what, what you told me years ago that ended up being a spiritual monument is what I'm facing now. Remember we talked about that? Spiritual monument so that we can remember the faithfulness of God, okay? All right, so I'm remembering, reminding myself, reminding myself of like, all right, God, you said that we would, we would experience this. You said that we would have this happen and take place. And, and so long story short, um, we just started trusting God and the lender said, hey, continue on with the renovations. And so we kept renovating while we're waiting for the additional money to come in. And so we're renovating. Contractors are doing their things. Sheetrock's going up. Electricity's being done. Floors are being re redone. It's, it's, it's getting there. It's really nice. And, and, and jump, jump forward um, to February 10th of this year. February 10th, our attorney submitted information to the New York State Attorney General because New York State has this rule that if you're a, a, a church or a non-for-profit and you're buying something, you have to get approval from the Attorney General, okay? Only state in the entire United States that does this. And so we submitted it February 10th, and then we don't hear anything. And then I go to Israel, right? And then I'm like, all right, I'll obviously hear something by the time I'm back from Israel. Nothing, just crickets. And then finally, the middle of March... Uh, we hear back from the attorney general and they said, well, we want to know why did the price go up? And I'm like, have you turned on the news lately? That's, have you seen the price of gasolina? Like it has skyrocketed. The price of milk. Hello, somebody. Like everything, like that's why it's gone up. And, and so anyways, so we sent off this, our attorney sent off this huge affidavit and then we, we got a response March 30th that they had gotten it and they're gonna review it and they'll get back to us. Okay, so I'm like, all right, God's still good. We're gonna keep, keep going. I'm going somewhere with this, all right? Jump forward, April, nothing. Easter comes, nothing. May comes, May 1st. Whoo, we, surely we're gonna hear nothing. Still not hearing anything. The past 10 days, I, as, as well as several of the team members, have been doing everything we can to get the attorney general to sign off so that we can close. Because what has happened is it went from us getting this money to now the church is spending a bunch of money and running out of money because we're having to pay double for everything, okay? And then on the flip side, uh, we're not getting anything, and I've got contractors that are starting to email and call us and say, hey, you're 100 days past due on a $200,000 bill. Yeah, let that sit in for a minute. You want to talk about a wall. That's the wall that I've been facing. Now, how does Brooklyn tie into all of this? Very beautifully, right here. here. What I love about Brooklyn 
is how you guys pray. How you guys pray. You seek the presence of God. You seek the throne room of God. And you pound heaven for God to move. And so I was like, well, we need to learn from Brooklyn. And so we're going to start praying. And, and so several of the people, they got together and they called a 21-day fast. And they started believing God to move. And, and, and literally people have been meeting every morning from 6.30 to 7. And they have been praying and fasting and interceding. And you know what? It felt like God wasn't hearing us. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? I was talking to Bishop Joe just this past other day, and he goes, Michael, what's wrong? I'm like, man, I am getting beat up right here. And that's on top of just the, the daily stress of pastoring. And anyone that tells you pastoring has no stress is lying to you, okay? It is not just reading the Bible and praying all day. Oh, I wish it was, but it is not. That would be, that would be great, I'm just saying. But anyways, um, and, and so him, him and I are praying. I was talking to Ted, to one of the elders here, and I was saying, Ted, I need prayer. I need, and so what did Ted do? He started praying with me on the phone right there. And, and I just felt like I was being beat up and kicked. And then the next thing I knew is, is like I'm, I'm sitting there, and it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and I've taken melatonin, and I'm like trying to fall asleep, but my mind is racing and racing and racing. And here's the thing, and all my parents can say yes and amen to this. It doesn't matter what time you go to bed. You're still, as a parent, getting up the same time the next day. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And so like 6.15 comes, and Judah's like, hey. Hey, dad. I'm like, I rebuke. Hey, buddy, crawl in bed with us, you know? Um, so like I'm starting my, I'm going from like eight hours of sleep to seven hours to six hours to five hours of sleep to where it's like 6.15 and I'm getting up. And I'm just like coffee, coffee. Co and you know, and then, and, and here's the thing. It's like, I just need an IV of coffee. All right. I'm just throwing it out there. Like I'm joking. And so I'm reading this story this week of Jericho. Praise. They're walking around. And I'm like, God, all that I see is a wall in front of me. And it's called the New York State Attorney General. And I'm sure they're a nice person. And I'm sure that office, they're great and all of that. And if you work for the AG's office, praise God to you. You can send this back. Let them know how I feel. But Lord... I need you to move. And so I'm reading this story and I'm literally having to walk this out right now. When months ago I was preparing and I was planning and we were praying over this series and I was like, I cannot wait till the, the siege of Jericho, the walls are gonna come tumbling down. And here I am and I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, I, I, I wanna, God, I, do you hear me? Hey, hey, you, uh, I did not talk to him like that, okay? And I do not encourage you to talk to him like that. But there's, there's a few things that I've realized. The first thing that I've realized, my first point is number one, you've got to have faith that God is gonna do what he said he's going to do. And this is what I love because in verse five, you see in verse five, they're, they're, they've got the seven rams horned off. There's a lot of sevens in here and uh, they're gonna lift up a great shout. And then, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. God told them you're gonna do this and then the, the walls are gonna come tumbling down. But you know what? They walked to Jericho and they didn't see the walls come tumbling down. They saw an 80-foot wall standing right in front of them. 
You mean, God, to tell me that if I shout whenever you tell us to, that thing's going to come tumbling down? That takes faith. That takes faith. It's just like Noah, right? Building an ark. It hadn't rained. You want want me to build a what? An ark? It's going to hold all the animals? How am I going to get the animals? Like, God, are you, you know? Or Gideon, his 300 men. Like, you want me to go into battle against 120,000 Persians? I got 300. And they're... God, are you serious? Have you ever been there? But it, it requires faith. Hebrews eleven thirty. By faith, the walls fell down. By faith, the wall. So here's, here's what tends to happen, though. If we can just t- real talk for a minute. Um, God tells us this is going to happen, and then what do we try doing? We try doing it, right? It's like, all right, well, if the walls are going to come tumbling down, give me a pickaxe, Minecraft style. We're going to go after this wall, and we're going to start, I'm just going to start hitting at it. God's like, I didn't tell you to do that. I, I didn't tell you to do that. I, I told you to have faith. How often in our lives do we try to fix the problem whenever the walls are in front of us instead of allowing God to do what he said he was going to do? So, so and another thing, and I just gotta, I just gotta share this, is like Ephesians chapter six, right? We, we love Ephesians chapter six, Especially, you know, if you're, my son loves this, so if you're his age, you, you, you know, you've you got kids his age, like the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the, the, uh, the belt of truth, the, uh, uh, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. Judah told me the other day, he's like, Dad, I want to be a knight. And I'm like, you want to go at night? He's like, no, I want to be a knight. And I'm like, oh, a, a knight. Okay, I got you. I got you. Like a, a fighting knight. He's like, yeah. And so... We, we love that because it's, we get suited up. We're ready for battle. But you know what the verse says? Stand. God. Hey, uh, I'm ready. I know. Stand. Stand firm. But, but God, I, like, hey, I'm, woo, let's do this thing. You know, Rocky style. Stand firm. I'm telling you, it's the coffee, all right? It's the coffee. Stand firm. You know what else it says in verse 18? I want to make sure I get this right. Verse 18. Yeah, verse 18 in Ephesians chapter 6. It says to stand firm, but then it says to pray in the Spirit continuously. Oh, See, a lot of you, you want to get suited up for battle, but you do not have the ammunition or the spirit that God wants you to have for battle because you're unwilling to get on your knees and to cry out to God. You, you want to have faith? Oh, I got faith! I got faith! All right, well, let's see. How long are you going to travail before the Lord for him to move? And you know what's great about community is sometimes whenever you don't have the faith, you've got men and women around you who will come and they will lift you up. I'll, I'll get to that in just a minute. Man, there, you want to know what I've one, the not one, I've learned a lot since you know, being here, but the, the biggest thing I've learned since being here, prayer. Prayer. Y'all, sometimes we think it's a joke, right? But praying builds your faith. 
Do you know what I did this morning driving to Brooklyn? I sat there and I listened to the same songs that we sang this morning, not knowing that they were going to sing those songs. I just prayed. God, I thank you. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my child. I thank you for Res Church Brooklyn. I thank you for Staten Island. Father, I thank you for the future of what you're going to do. I started interceding and paving the way. And as I did that, my spirit, something just started boiling up. And it wasn't the caffeine. It was the Holy Spirit that's getting me all pumped up because God is not done. He is about to move forward. Prayer paves the way for your faith to increase. Verse two, um, point number two, not verse two, point number two. The other thing we see is it takes obedience. Catch, catch this in verse 10. But Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go from your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. And then you shall shout, right? And then jump with me to verse 15 real quick. And on the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn and they marched around the city in the same manner seven times. What were they doing? They were following the obedience to the Lord. They were following the obedience to the Lord. Six days, I want you to walk around Jericho and I want you to say nothing. All right, God, here we go. Could you just imagine like the men get back to the camp and the wife is like, hey, honey, how was your day at work? Uh, we just marched. Oh, that's cool. Did you fight anyone? No. You got all suited up? Yeah. You got your sword? Yep. So what's Joshua have you doing? Just marching. You know, it's like, what is it? The Pellington bike or whatever that's out there now that everyone's talking about. We're just going to keep going. The Energizer Bunny never stops, you know? All right, well, we'll see how tomorrow goes. Day two comes, soldiers show up, they're ready. All right, guys, let's get to marching. Joshua, hey, I told you not to talk. Oh, you're right. Day three, day four, day five, day six. And then day seven came. Radical faith requires radical obedience. You see, some of you guys are waiting for God to do the supernatural and God's waiting for you to just do the natural. You're crying out, God, we want to see revival. And he's like, I want you to evangelize. God, I want, I want to see racism stop. I want you to love your neighbor. God, I, I want to see myself get out, of, get out of debt and experience financial freedom. Learn to tithe. Oh, no, no, no. You're getting, getting personal, God. It's like, yeah, I'm a personal God. I'm going to get all up in your business. Because if you want to see the supernatural, you need to be obedient in the natural so that you can see God do what only he can do in the super and the natural come together. That man, 
that, that's, that's what I'm genuinely believing. Let me just share just a few stories that, that I, I know. Um, it, one person, I know one person, I think I've shared this before, but this person, uh, this couple could not get pregnant. And God said, I want you to sow a seed in faith and, and for your future child. Well, God, the doctors are telling us, God, everyone's telling us we've tried infertility. We've tried, or we've tried all of the different uh, drugs and, and, and um, all that stuff to be able to get pregnant. Will you sow a, a, a seed of faith? Like, all right, God, this couple sowed a seed of faith. And I kid you not, two or three months later, she was pregnant. She was pregnant. What the doctor said would not happen. God made possible. Or I know of a church planner. A church planner called me this past week. He's like, Michael, God's telling us to plant this church in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm really excited about what God's doing. I was not expecting this call at all. And he's like, man, I got to tell you, um, God told us this is exactly where we're going to be. We show up and someone gave us a building. And I'm like, what? See, obedience paves the way for the miracle. Obedience. Or where's Caroline? Is she in here? Carolyn? I want to talk about Carolyn for just a minute because I remember Carolyn, whenever we were doing our increase series, there she is. Hey, Carolyn. Whenever we were doing our increase series, right? She was in the back and she's like, do I give? Do I not give? Do I give? Do I not give? And Carolyn ended up sowing the money that she was going to put as a down payment for her new vehicle in faith. The next day, she got a check in the mail that she was unexpected, unexpectedly gotten for the exact same amount that she ended up sowing. So not only was she able to give in obedience, but God ended up blessing her. Obedience paves the way. So number one, you gotta have faith. Number two, we gotta be obedient. And number three, what did they do whenever they were walking around the seventh time? Hey, it's time. Blow the horns, and we're going to let out a shout of praise. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by this word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at resurrectionchurchofny.com or give us a call at 718-436-0242. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at reschurchnyc. Take care, and God bless.